Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we are going to deep dive into creating your macronutrient prescription, so literally setting up your macros. This is something I haven't I haven't done this in a while. I haven't taken, a t- taken the time to do a podcast or a video or anything like that where I just really go hard on one specific nutrition-based topic. And today, that's what we did. Um, I had a bunch of questions sent in for the podcast that were all revolving around how they should set up or tweak their current nutrition prescription, their t- current macro intake. So I wanted to take time to go into setting up your calories, dividing that up into the right macronutrient ratio for you, how to periodize that over time, and what your fat loss timeline should look like. Um, and that's kind of the table contents of this podcast. Like if, if you go through, you're going to hear those points and you're going to watch and listen to me guide you through each of those things so you can actually take this podcast and literally create your own prescription if you wanted to um, and really understand how to periodize that. Uh, we also link a few things in the show notes, so make sure you go to the show notes and check that out. Um, and last but not least, I want to make two major shout outs to our sponsors. The first one being Creapure. Head over to creapure.com if you want to check out my athlete page and see all the supplements that they endorse so you can find out which creatines are actually using the best creatine monohydrate on the planet. Uh, and then the second one, Top Notch Nutrition, which I believe is going to partner with Creapure soon, fingers crossed. But uh, check out topnotchnutrition.com slash discounts slash boom boom or click the links in the show notes and without any further ado let's dive into setting up your macronutrient intake all right we're gonna change up a little bit today um topic yesterday was andreas happy birthday to andreas yeah this is uh this is like the closest to air date that we've ever recorded like i usually don't say yesterday this podcast came out and tomorrow this one's gonna come out you know because we're usually ahead of the game which actually brings me up to my first little uh that's point? not really an announcement. Yeah, a point before we get into this. Um, and I actually think this is – I think I kind of talked about this um, on the Monday Motivation one, which that quote is probably my favorite quote. Nipsey? Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, if you look around the circle of your friends and you are not inspired, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. So good. Um, which I heard from Andreas. And – his birthday was yesterday. We did the podcast about the gauntlet, so check that out if you haven't. Um, it's a really cool program that he's putting on. Really good podcast in general whenever I have him on. But with – I mean, we got a lot of shit going on right now, I feel like. Uh, not only – for me at least, not only uh, like business-related, but like personal life. Just – I mean, one, obviously it's a stressful time yeah. for everybody, period. Yeah. Um, but last week, Shannon was uh, in Arizona – and I took some time with my daughter, which was really was much needed. Yeah. Uh, being a full-time dad's work, though, I was spent by Saturday, man. Like, actually, Sunday. She came back Sunday. I was spent. But uh, that and then this week, we had that appointment and just a lot of catch-up content to do this week. Next week, we have a lot more catch-up content to do. And I have two full days of getting tattooed and then two full days of Warrior Week right afterwards. 
Usually Warrior Week is like you go to Laguna and you spend five days there Monday through Friday. But because like 10, of 15 guys. Yeah. Yeah. But because of COVID, it's virtual. So we, we've done six weeks. So basically every single week we have a group call. We have a group, uh, like a weekly assignment to go into um, something about body being balanced business every single week. And then uh, it leads you into Warrior Week, which mm-hmm. is next week. So we started doing the prerequisite stuff. It's kind of wild, dude. They, they sent me an email. It's funny. Like They're like, all right, here's what's required for your Warrior Week. You got to get this stuff. Like That's how you like participate, you know? And I'm like reading the list and it's like black combat boots, black cargo pants, this warrior t-shirt, a mirror, a laptop, a lighter, and a, uh, and a rain jacket. And I'm like – If you don't already have them. Yeah. Okay. like And there was like like the warrior shirt. There's a link for it. Um, <laughs> laptop. But like, a link for it. But I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? And it's two days and I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> you have to go somewhere? Well, I, I'm not at home. That's what I mean. You're like, not at home? No. I, I literally think – and this is this is why they do this too, I think, because your mind starts going crazy, like all these crazy possibilities. So part of me is like, okay, it starts at 9 a.m. Do I just like walk out my front door with all this shit and then, you know, I'm on this pod call with these other guys and I just go and I do the mission, quote unquote, and <laughs> end up somewhere? Yeah, like, I'm confused. I, I, I didn't know if they have like had you set up in a hotel I or – I have no idea. I'm how do you probably know, how do you know that you're not gonna be home because it says outdoor, and then okay. there's a part of the day that's indoor. Okay. I'm probably gonna lock the warehouse down and just do it here because I'm. Not, I mean, I can't do it with Blakely running around. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but it's like kind of nerve wracking because I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, but point being, I mean, next week's gonna be crazy just yeah. with, um, which sucks too because usually when I when I get tattooed, uh, I'll like do emails. I'll I've written a blog on Word Doc on my phone like. I'll just work, you know, but getting your chest tattooed, like uh, you're basically pinned down, yeah, like real up close and personal <laughs> with the guy. <laughs> so not going to be able to work. Uh, maybe listen to an audio book or something. But, uh, but that being said, the reason I'm saying all this shit to you guys is because next week we are not airing a single podcast. Um, I'm, I'm contemplating not even posting anything on Instagram. Um, I had a conversation with Haley about this this yeah. week. Sometimes it's good to just take a break. Yeah. You know, sometimes like, and I think that's like the reason I'm even sharing this is because I want people to take away like, even for somebody like me who people look at and are like, dude, you do so much. Like there's just so much content coming out. Even I get burnt out. Yeah. You know, even I, there's times and there's times too where we do enough content to where we do not film for a full week Absolutely. and then it keeps airing out and people don't realize that. But I think at the end of the day, like I look at life in business and family and all that stuff, just like training and nutrition, Yeah, nutrition, you need diet breaks, training, you need deloads life. You need deloads too. Yeah. We'll, uh, take a week off, but we'll, uh, continue to film to get caught up yeah. that week. And you know, we had so much, uh, in the queue or whatever you want to call it built up ahead of time until quarantine hit. Yeah. So we used th- at least three weeks of oh, yeah. content that week. So yeah, we had a ton and yeah. we kept doing, there was the first few weeks of quarantine where we didn't get much done, but after that, we really did crank out quite yeah. a bit, and we're still going to crank out some stuff next week, but like for me, it's going to be nice to ju- – it, like it, it's literally just going to be like taking a week to not have like things scheduled out, not be publishing podcasts, not be sharing things, not be posting things, not cr- – like just sitting back and kind of creating behind the scenes yeah. is really refreshing for me every once in a while to do because – you're, you get really clear. And we had a good conversation about that on Saturday of like all these new ideas I'm having. But 
you get these ideas, you need to sit down and create clarity yeah. with them. You can't just, they don't just come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have to sit on those thoughts for a while. And I think for me, I need that quiet time, which actually works out good that I'm doing the tattoo and that warrior week next week, because that's four days in a row where I'm not going to be in the office. You're going to be doing warrior week with a fresh tattoo. Dude, if there's anything <laughs> oh that is like going to ruin, movie, oh, Anthony. then I'm just like, yo, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not ruining this tattoo over that. Yeah. Cause that's a lot of ink, dude. Like yeah, a my lot of whole money. entire chest. It's a lot of fucking ink. Uh, Lisa just got a sick tattoo. Do you see really? that? Really? No. Yeah, she got it. I think it's on her arm. Um, it's actually similar to the one on my leg, the Eye of Providence, but yeah. it's got like all these different designs around. It's a blue it. eye. Yeah, look at her Instagram. It's sick. Huh. Oh, well, it was on her story, so I don't know if she has it up there anymore. But, um, but no, like we're gonna take a break next week. Lesson for you guys: take away. Um, one, be ready because the week after, fire's coming out. We got some really cool things planned. Yep. We got some cool giveaways too coming up. Um, I'm almost done with a webinar, so you guys will hear about that soon. You guys will get a chance to learn from me. It'll be an hour-long webinar on the tailored coaching method, so literally diving into how I take people through nutrition coaching and why they get the results they get, the entire process. So I'm going to dive through that. Free webinar. We're going we're coming out with a free uh, ebook here soon too. Um, we don't know exactly when that will launch, probably not at least for another month or so, but um, that'll be the hypertrophy guide. So it's going to be everything you can think of, all the research needed inside of one PDF. And we're going to be coming out with more and more of these guides for you in the future and they'll all be available. But we're taking a week to kind of sit back, recoup, create clarity, create some new stuff, think really hard, and then uh, come back with vengeance. So be ready and we'll be good. look at your own life and, uh, and see where you need to apply that. You know, like I think that I'm actually doing this in my with my family too, I'm planning a, like a family trip. We're going to go to like ocean shores or something for just like a day or two. Get like a little Airbnb. Extended family? No. Oh. Hell no. <laughs> I don't mean it like that, but I don't want a house full. Because if you invite one extended family, you got to invite everybody. I mean, now like, I got like, like mom cousins and, and, oh, okay. I'm thinking like, Shannon's got big family. Oh, bro. yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, but no, just, just uh, me, Shannon and Blakely. And, oh. and the reason for this is like, I was thinking, I was like, man, I've been in grind You're mode. To, We've been quarantined, yeah. stuck inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, okay, like my family needs a deal too. Like, let's go out and just, just chill. But, no Cannon Beach? No, that's like, that's uh, no babies. Ah, uh, touche. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's Dude, making babies. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's a romantic place. Blakely is pretty young, but I think she'll love Ocean Shores. She will love it, dude. Yeah. She loved San Diego when we went there. That was yeah. the first time she ever touched sand. A little different, but yeah. But still, like but sand. still and, like little activities there yeah. and stuff like that. We thought about Leavenworth, but then that's why. We were like, there's more like things for Blake to do in Ocean Shores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be dope. So dope. Point, well, point being is I think in, everybody should do it. Yeah. Let's get into the topic, man. Yeah. Um, today we are going to deep da- or dive deep into creating a macro plan. Yeah. So um, I get questions on this a ton. And I think what's crazy is actually we're going to notice this tomorrow when we record a Q and a, yeah. I look through the questions and at least half of them are like very specific to what do I do with my macros or yeah. how do I set these up? So I thought this would be a perfect topic to just nope. kind of dive into and just teach them. So let's get right into it. How to set up your macros. What do you do? Uh, first and foremost, calories. Yeah. Calories always come first. And I think, it's funny because if you if you think about like people uh, always say before like, fats exactly yeah yeah and a lot of people they say track macros they don't say track calories mm. they focus on macros they don't focus on calories mm. um in in to an extent I agree with that because if you're tracking macros if you hit your macros on par you hit your calories yeah your macros create your calories yeah. so I don't think you need to really like 
isolate them and try to think of both, especially because if you look at food labels, they round. If you look at MyFitnessPal, they use food labels to gauge their calories per item. So if something is 96 calories, it rounds up to 104 calories, not that big of a deal. But that's one gram of protein, one gram of carb. And now things start to change, right? So your calories will be off, but your your macros will be on point. Yep. So in most cases, I do recommend people to just track their macros because I think if you try to focus on too many things, it gets confusing. But before, but you, but you definitely need to have a number for your calories. Exactly. If you don't, then you can't even create your macros. There you go. So and that's why, like when we start creating a prescription, the first thing we do need to do, obviously, is create the calorie intake. And there's a few ways that. I typically recommend people do it. There's a few ways that uh, we do it on our team. And I always recommend finding a good uh, TDE calculator, so uh, um, total daily energy expenditure, so TDEE. And you can look up online, TDE calculator. I like the um, Mifflin St. Gior. They're always weird names. But there's the revised Harris-Benedict formula. That one works really well too. Um, There's another one that sounds kind of similar. It's St. something else, but it's like they're just weird. Interesting. Mifflin St. George is a really good one. They're all relatively close. Um, the only reason I like that one or, or pick the couple that I use is because in my experience from – because sometimes you create a calorie intake, and I hear this all the time, and it's like, fuck, it says I'm supposed to be eating 2,800 calories. I'm trying to lose weight, and I'm only eating 22, you know, and it's like – that's wrong. Yeah. You incorrectly filled it out. Usually people overestimate their activity. So when we do these formulas, what you'll notice is you, you create some kind of uh, baseline TDE, total daily energy expenditure. Um, you can use a, something like the Mifflin St. George, which is very in-depth. It's like uh, it's like body, it's like body. 10 times body weight in kilograms plus 5 mm-hmm. times height in centimeters minus their age plus – like it's fucking crazy but it works. It's, uh, it, you know, what's funny is like, if Minus you ask their age, if you, if you ask anybody, uh, and it might be times or age, but it's like, uh. it's a crazy question like that. If you ask any nutritionist, do you use like a TDE calculator? Yeah, of course they're legit. Like they're proven by science. But if it, like saying that out loud, I yeah. just realized how crazy that sounds. That does. <laughs> it's the just a wild equation, but, uh, using some kind of formula like that. Another good way to do it is to literally, this is the easiest way, take your body weight, multiply by 10, <laughs> and then use the activity multiplier. Because no matter what, what you're doing is you're using this calculator or this equation to get your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. So this is basically what you need to eat in order to just survive. Mm-hmm. Just sit there, just do nothing, like just make sure my body doesn't like collapse and fall apart. It functions with blank calories. This equation provides that. Um, a close... Ish one is also doing um, times 10. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're really young, you're really old, or you're really tall, like things can kind of get skewed. 10 doesn't always work out because those things change. But for average people, body weight times 10 and then using the activity multiplier. The activity multiplier usually is like 1.2 all the way up to 2. So you would take that BMR. So how much do you weigh? 160. 160 times 10 is 1,600. Yep times your activity multiplier. Yeah. That would be your maintenance calories. So we would take uh, 1,600 times. For you, I would say like 1.3. You know, yeah. you're not training a lot right now, and you sit at a desk for the majority of your job. Yeah. Um, I'm very active in my training, but I still sit at my desk. So I'm 1.5, which is moderately Protein? active. No. Um, so you go 
that BMR times 1.5 oh. to get your maintenance calories. Okay. So we've done this equation, either, yep. either the St. Gior or the body weight times 10. Yep. And then we multiply it by the activity multiplier, which is going to be 1.2, 1.3, 1.4, 1.5 for like low to moderate. And then from like 1.5 to two times is going to be like moderate to really active. So somebody who is training four or five days a week and is a construction worker we're doing it times two oh, because they're damn. super active. They're going to yeah. be burning a ton of calories. Um, for somebody like me who is training six days a week hard, but I sit at my desk more than anything else. Like I'm literally working. sitting, podcasting, emailing, creating content, working. Um, I don't get as many steps in as the average person doing like a labor-based job. Yeah. I'm probably going to do 1.5. Yeah. And that's going to give me my maintenance calories, yeah. right? Um, I got a question. What, what For an extreme case, Yeah. say so. Say someone is like 350-400. You're having them f- eating 4,000 calories a day? 300-400 what? Pounds. Yeah. No, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I wasn't they're going, trying to lose weight. Yeah, I wasn't going to get to that, so that's okay. a good question. Um, so essentially, if we use that multiply, the, the other way to do this, and this is what I would use in those scenarios, you take their average current caloric intake, and that's it. So – I actually prefer this. So typically what I do as a coach, I do a complicated formula, yeah. which is like the Mifflin St. Gior, the Harris Benedict, stuff like that, using the activity multiplier. Then I do the basic one, which you can do two different types of basic one, times 10 and then times the activity multiplier. Or you can literally just do 10, 12, or 14 for fat loss, uh, 14 or 16 for maintenance, and then 16, 18, or 20 for uh, – gains and you and it's literally just body weight times so like if you were like i'm 160 pounds and i want to lose fat i might start on the higher end of that i'm gonna say your body weight times 14 that's your fat loss calories okay pretty inaccurate but sometimes it works but but usually what i like to do is i like to take a very complicated formula get a really accurate one then i like to take the more simplified one see where those are differ and then I take their average intake. Okay. And then I take all three of these numbers and I look for commonalities. Because mm. here's the deal. Number one, nowhere in that activity multiplier equation that I was talking about is there cortisol fluctuations. Is there testosterone levels? Is there actual metabolism right from past dieting? So somebody who is 160 pounds, using you as an example again, who has dieted incorrectly over and over and over again for the last two years is going to have a different maintenance than somebody like you who has never dieted and is weighing 160. You know what I mean? So um, not that you haven't dieted to eat healthy, but you've never had to like go on a low calorie diet. Yeah, no. I thought that first example you were saying was me. I was like, that's not me. (laughs) Yeah, no, not at all. Okay. But you see what I'm saying? Like that's that's two completely different people. And if I did that activity or that that entire equation – it's going to give me two different numbers, yeah. right? Or it's going to give me one same number, but their numbers are actually different. Correct. Um, so what I like to do instead is take their average intake. So if, if I do that calculation and it tells me you should be eating 2,500 calories to maintain, but then we track your intake for one to two weeks and we follow your body weight for one to two weeks. Every single day you track your intake, every single day you weigh in on the scale. By the end of the two-week period, we know that your average weight, taking all 14 days and then dividing it by 14, yep. is – 160.5 and your average calorie intake is 1950 there you go we know damn well that that equation given us 2500 is too high yep right um so with somebody who is obese who is 300 400 pounds who has 100 plus pounds to lose 
I'm going to take their average intake yeah. because they might be eating 3000 because a lot of times what happens is they, they will kind of like graze and not eat much Monday, Tuesday, and then they'll have like fast food or binge on a Wednesday, have a couple of days of grazing, then drink alcohol and have ice cream and have a bunch of calories on the weekend. So if we take their average weekly caloric intake, it might actually be three, 3,500, 4,000 calories. Who knows? Especially if they're that big because they got that big from something. Yeah. Right. But if I take their average intake and it tells me 3,000 calories is what they're taking in, I'm going to say, hey, six days a week we're eating 2,500. You have one day where you're eating maintenance. It's your refeed day. Gotcha. Right? And it's people that overweight don't need a refeed day by any means from a physiological or muscle perspective because they have enough stored energy calories to burn. But psychologically, it helps to have a day. Correct. Right? Um, but now I take that person and I put them in a 500 calorie deficit because I don't care if the equation told me 3,500, they're eating 3,000 right now. So 2,500 is going to be a 500 calorie deficit, but that's going to be more accurate. So, and again, if you came to me and I did the equation and it says that you uh, should be eating 2,500, we'll use that example again, and you've only been eating 1,950, but you're only eating 80 grams of protein. So you're eating half as much protein as you need to be. I might bump you up from 80 to 180. And that's going to be another few hundred calories. So yep. I might actually bring you up to that 2,500 because but protein. only in protein. Exactly. It's yeah. not going to store. Anytime I can do that, I will. Because if I can get somebody to lose weight and add calories at the very beginning, it's a win. Through, through protein or at all? Through protein. Okay. I usually only do that with protein. There's, there's plenty of times where I'll lower fat and increase carbs at the beginning because people are over-consuming fat and they're under-consuming carbs. Yeah. But – it, it's pretty common for the average individual to be under eating protein by quite a bit. So if they're not eating enough food according to a calculator, but I know it's because of protein, I'll just jack that up right away. There we go. Does that make sense? Yeah. So absolutely. at the end of the day, like we're creating the calorie intake, like this whole conversation is basically saying like you need to understand where their BMR is at and you should do that in multiple ways. And the best way to do that to find their maintenance is essentially – Find their BMR and then an activity multiplier with that to get their, their maintenance or just track their average intake over one to two weeks with their weigh-ins and then take the two and decide what their, their – because here's the thing too is if you do that and let's say you're, you're trying to eat about 2,000 during that time and you're gaining weight over those two weeks, yeah. well, I know you're in a surplus. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really telling. Even if it's slowly. Yeah, and it's individualized to you. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole point. Hmm. So – that's calorie intake. So start with your calorie intake. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So that was actually pretty deep. Next. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't the, expecting to go that hard on it. Well, that's good. The next uh, step is macro prescription. Yes, sir. So I'm creating that. I would say that macros are the way we individualize our calorie intake. Yeah. So. This is where people say all that matters is calories, and I disagree because I think that you know if, if I take somebody who – I mean for one, let's say we take the same person because obviously there's variable – there's metabolic differences between people that even if they're the same height, weight, and age, they're different. Yeah. But let's say we take one person and we put them on a diet with moderate protein, high fat, low carb, and then we get off that diet. Eight weeks later, we put them on a diet with high protein, high carbs, low fat. We're going to get two different results. The high protein, high carb, low fat is probably going to have more muscle tissue, less fat. Even if that muscle tissue is just water filled in their glycogen, it will be filled in the muscle tissue. You will look better. You will look leaner. The person who had moderate protein and high fats might feel good uh, physiologically. Like they might have good hormone profile, great blood work because their calories are controlled. They're healthy. Uh, perfect. 
But from a body composition perspective, I would argue that they're not going to see the best results. I'm not. I'm going to argue that they wouldn't get as great of results as the person with high protein, high carb. So I think that individualizing your caloric intake with macros comes down to two things. Number one, what is your goal? And then number two, what can you adhere to? So we have to consider adherence first because if I take you on, again, mm-hmm. for example, and you tell me, yo, I want to get lean and big and strong. I'm probably going to go, hey, we're going to like bring your fats to like the, the minimum where I know you'll be feeling good. Your testosterone won't be affected, but you're not eating too much. And then I'm just going to crank protein, protein. and I'm going to crank carbs and we're going to coast with it. But you go, that's cool, but dude, like I hate eating carbs. Like I just don't feel good with carbs. Like I, I don't enjoy the type of foods carbs. I really love like nuts, avocado, butter, seeds. So I'm like, fuck, you really like fats. Mm-hmm. So I have to meet you where you're at. Okay, well, we're going to do this. We're going to add 20 grams of fat to that, bring carbs down a little bit so we can kind of have a moderate approach. And then that's like me working with you. Your results might not be as great as they were, but they're still going to be good. You're still tracking macros. You're still going the right direction. Now, if I have somebody else, which this happens all the time too, where they're like, I don't give a shit. I just want the best results possible. <laughs> I'm probably going to lean on a higher carb approach. Yeah. It, it, in my experience, there's a lot of people that will argue against high carb diets and like I used to always really I, – I, I still do this. I will always say that adherence is most important and you can get away with any diet. If your calories are controlled, going back to the thing that people say, you will be fine if your calories are controlled. But in my experience, taking the macros and allowing better performance, better digestion, better – uh, cortisol and stress levels and, and stress management because you're intaking carbs um, and more muscle tissue being pulling in carbohydrates and water, mm-hmm. you're going to look better yeah. and you're going to feel better in the gym. Like it's just, it's a no brainer because carbs are the fuel, right? So um, when we're creating this prescription, essentially what we're doing is, is we got to make sure they they can adhere to it. And then we are diving into what the prescription is. If somebody wants to just kind of take a moderate approach, they could essentially do like a 40, 30, 30 split, 40% protein, 30% fat, 30% carb pretty basic, right? Um, if somebody wants a little bit more carbs, but let's say they have a really hard time sticking to uh, a higher carb, lower fat approach, they could go like 35 protein, 35 carb, 30 fat, or 40, 35, 25. Yeah. So a little bit less fat, 25%, 35% carbs, a little bit less than before, um, or a little bit more than before, and then same protein, right? Okay. 40%. If they want to go all in on just like, I don't care, like I just want to get as jacked as possible or lean and perform as well as possible. I would probably bring carbs to like 40 to 50% and then protein's going to be like 30 to 40% and fats are going to be like 20%. Yeah. Um, I typically don't like going below 20% of calories in fat. However, there is a time and place when it's okay. For example, I believe my diet up until last week because I kind of stopped gaining so we bumped calories up a good amount. I want to say mine was like 18 or 19% of calories, which typically if you read that, like people will be like, oh shit, your testosterone's probably through the floor. You're probably feeling like shit, but I'm eating so much food that those percentages are completely irrelevant, Yeah. right? Because if I was at maintenance, I would probably be eating like 27% of my calories yeah. from fat, right? But if I kept my fat here, because I'm eating enough. If you if you kept your fats at the same percentage, exactly. but crank calories up. But this is also why I really don't like using percentages. Like I think if somebody – like the zone diet is a 40-30-30. Is a it works great for the general public because I can say, hey, use this activity multiplier. Get your calories. Split it up 40-30-30. You're good. Yeah. 
right? But when we start using just grams as prescription, it becomes like 22.5%, 38 points. You know what I mean? Like too detailed and it's an individualized process. So typically what I would do is I like saying like, okay, for for men, 0.3 grams per pound of body weight and fat. For women, 0.4 grams per pound of body weight and fat. Those are the bare minimums. Mm. Like you need that much to be healthy physiologically, to keep your brain function good, to have enough fat in your diet, to have some flexibility and to make sure that your hormones are okay. Mm -hmm. Because if you drop for me, if I drop below 0.3 grams per pound, I'm probably going to start seeing some like sex drive is going to drop. Stress is going to go up. Like I'm going to sleep poorly, have like brain fog because my fat's too low. Yeah. Protein. I don't want to set it as a percentage. I want to set anywhere between one to 1.5 grams per pound. The leaner you are or smaller you are, the higher I go on that range. And the bigger you are um, and the more body fat you have, the lower on that range I go. So if somebody's trying to lose uh, – and, and it can go both ways. So if somebody's trying to lose fat and they're really hungry during the diet, I will bring it up to like 1.5 because I'm just trying to keep them satiated. But I know that they have enough body fat on their body that they don't need 1.5 grams per pound. One gram per pound is above where their weight should be at, Right. For me, I like going about 1.2 grams per pound for somebody like me because satiation, but also because when you're eating so many carbs, you're starting to get protein from things like oats, potatoes, broccoli, things like that. And that's not really conducive to muscle growth. It it is, but not nearly as much as Greek yogurt, whey protein, meat. So if I have 1.2 grams per pound, then I know at least one gram per pound is coming from good sources, right? And I'm getting enough of that good source in those amino acids to make sure that I'm gaining consistently. Um, now I leave everything else to carbs, right? So you can go the percentage route, but I I personally don't, I like to go the other route. 0.3 grams per pound is the minimum for men, 0.4 for women, and then adjust it from there. So I might put you at 0.3 and in two weeks you you feel like shit, I'm going to bump it up to 0.4. You know what I mean? That's why it's an individualized process. Those, and I know women that I have to have at least half their body weight, like, but in carbs, in fat. Oh, um, carbs is usually like twice their body weight, but, uh, but for fat, like for a 115 pound female, oh, yeah, 0.4 yeah. is yeah. like nothing. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so it's really, really individual, which is why it's hard for me to settle on one like strategy to give them for the macro part of this podcast. But I think at the end of the day, what you need to do is you have your caloric intake now. And then from there, you need to first set protein because you need to have anywhere between one to 1.5 grams per pound. Uh, number two, you need to have fats, which is going to be anywhere between 0.3 to 0.5 grams per pound. Um, and then the rest of your calories come from carbs. It's the easiest part of it because yeah. you just subtract how many calories left, give it all to carbs. And what you will notice too is that, for example, again, I'm, I'm probably at, I think I'm at like 0.35 grams per pound, what? maybe 0.4 of fat. Yeah. I feel amazing, but my calories are way above maintenance. What, what are you at now? Fats? No, calories. Uh, 2,800. Oh, I thought you were at yeah. 2,800. Uh, last week, I was. The week before, I think I was like 26, 27. We've basically bumped up like 100 calories every like week or two. because like Since the beginning? No. Oh. Just like the last few oh, weeks. Oh, okay. Because okay, okay. I was gaining. We, we set my intake and I was gaining. And I was yeah. just, I, we don't got to touch anything. We didn't touch it for like three or four months. And then I kind of plateaued and we bumped up a little bit, nothing changed, bumped up a little bit, nothing changed, bumped up a little bit. He hit me up yesterday and he was like, hey, most likely going to give you more food next week. I was like, bro, I'm actually struggling to hit this much food right now. Dude, 2,800 calories. It's a lot of food. That's a whole lot of food. Yeah. So, and I literally get to the end of the day and the last night I was like, 
fuck, I got to eat some peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had a spoon of peanut butter because I was like, I, I didn't have my fats. Because I usually leave extra fats for dinner because I don't know. Like I come home and I'm like, all right, Shannon, what are you cooking? Yep. You know, is it pork loin tonight or is it chicken? Yeah. Because pork loin's going to have 12 grams of fat. Chicken's going to have two. I don't know if those are the exact numbers, yeah. but you know what I mean? Now I'm like, oh, well, shit, now I have 10 grams of fat to hit if we eat chicken, then Ouch. peanut butter. I mean, you can never go wrong with just eating peanut butter, though. Uh, but so with the macros, um, I think anywhere in there is a good thing. And the thing I was saying is like I'm at I'm eating like 60. I'm, I was at 55. Now I'm at 60 grams of fat per day. I weigh 177, 178 pounds. So I want to say that's – I mean – Are you talking about percentage? Uh, like what my body weight time. So – 178 times 0.3 is 53. So I'm not even at 0. 0.4. 0. 0.4 grams per pound is 70 grams of fat for me, 71. So I'm below 0. 0.4. I'm like right on that 0. 0.35, yeah. which is a lower end of fat. Yeah. However, this is my point. Fats predict hormonal health, yes, but calories override all of that shit. Yep. So I don't care if you are on keto and you have all the fats in the world. Like – if you're in a de- deficit, over time, you're going to get diet fatigue and your hormones are going to slow down. It's just part of it, which is fine. That's a part of a diet. It's part of fat loss. That's why we take diet breaks. That's why we periodize it. And that's why we go through that process. Um, so I don't want people to get tied to the numbers too much because, remember, all this can change. And if you're at maintenance or a surplus, like a lot of those rules aren't as applicable because you're in a surplus. If you're at maintenance or a surplus, you're not going to have those physiological issues because you're eating enough food. Yeah. I have a guy that was in the Taylor trainer who got his blood work done and he had a question about fats and he was eating like, like literally like 0.2 grams per pound, like nothing. But he, like, was, he was fine. Well, and, and what I said, I was like, Hey, I really don't recommend that. Yeah. And he's like, well, I just got my blood work done. And everything's amazing. My testosterone is higher than it's ever been. And I'm like, well, how many carbs are you eating? And he, a lot. <laughs> he must be eating a lot of white rice, <laughs> yeah. but he wasn't in a deficit and he was in a surplus. So I was like, fuck, I mean, who, who am I to say <laughs> calories win? Yeah. Calories are king, you know? So, so, uh, back to you saying, since you raise your calories, you probably are under that 20%, you know, threshold. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you're at? Are you like 18? Mm, let's see. I am just below 20%. Yeah. 20% is 62.2. So. Um, of 2,800 calories. So 62 grams of fat would be 20%, which means I'm probably at like 19 or 19.5. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I'm on the lower end. But again, if I were to go into a deficit right now and keep my fats where they were, I'd probably be at like 30%. Yeah, but your testosterone's good. Testosterone's totally fine. (laughs) But surplus leads to better testosterone levels. Yeah. Um, But yeah. In any calories. Yeah. Dope. Um, All right, so... I was good. Let's uh transition into talking about periodizing them. Yeah. Periodizing the macros. Always got to mention we have a lot of content on periodization. So yeah. if you're interested, um, we have a really – we have two good articles on this. And we have two good podcasts on this too, I think. Or no, we have one good article, two good podcasts. Yeah. I'm going to put one those. One article. We'll, yeah. put, we'll put whatever we have in the show notes. I think we have a video too. Um, I've talked about this quite a bit. So Let's do it again. I, I will say if you want to listen to me talk for an hour on just this topic – Go listen to those podcasts because that's not what today is about. Um, But, yeah, now we kind of come to the point where we got to periodize all this, right? We have our intake. We have our macros. How do we periodize it? What do we need periodization for? So on and so forth. So first and foremost, the reason we need periodization within our diet is to essentially be able to diet more effectively longer. And I don't want people to – I'm actually excited. I'm I'm interviewing tonight at like 7 p.m. 
because he lives in Australia. He's in Perth time. Um, uh, I, Jackson, I always fuck up his name. It's P-O-S, C-O, it's P-S-E-O-S. Oh, yeah, no idea. Um, I'm not even going to try when I interview him. I'm just going to yeah. butcher it. But uh, th- I'm actually excited for him to come on because he's done some research on diet breaks, and he has a really good uh, scientific and practical opinion on it because there's a lot of research being done on diet breaks right now that don't necessarily show that much benefit to them. It kind of makes it seem like they're almost pointless. Mm-hmm. Yet, every single coach who uses them has really good experience using them. Interesting. So, to me, like, there's little things inside the diet break research that gives you maybe, like, thought processes as to why it's working um, and gives you some more uh, guidance on when to use them and how frequently you actually do need to use them. Because previously, it was like you need them all the time. Like, you need to do a ton of diet breaks all the time, refeeding every day or every week, I mean. And the reality is you don't, you don't need that much, which is good. But at the same time, I think saying that they don't work or that the results of two groups using die breaks or not dying breaks is, is going to be equal. I think is wrong, especially because a lot of these, these studies are eight weeks long. You do an eight week study. One group gets die breaks. One group doesn't, they get the same result. Well, that's eight weeks. Usually a diet is at least 12, if not 16 to 20. Right. So Give me a long-term study showing the differences, and I think we'd have some changes, you know. Um, but we also do have the Matador study, which was 32 weeks long. Um, they had a 16-week diet group and then a 32-week diet group. The 32-week diet group had 50-50 split, deficit, maintenance. The 16-week group had just straight deficit. Both of them lost the same amount of fat. However, the group doing the diet breaks maintained more muscle mass and most likely more metabolic function um, because they took so many breaks along the way. The downside is it took 32 fucking weeks. That's like eight months. Yeah, yeah eight months. Yep. That's a long time to diet, you know. But if, if you're like, hey, I want to sustain whatever result I get for the rest of my life. I don't like I'm not a bodybuilder trying to cut and gain, cut and gain. Then it works great. Uh-huh. Spend eight months. Get as lean as you can. Don't cause any damage. I shouldn't say damage because it's always repairable. Don't cause any crazy adaptations and you'll be able to sustain that way better. So that's exactly why we diet break or I mean, sorry, periodize your diet. We do it so that we can get through the diet efficiently and effectively without creating too much adaptation. Adaptation is bound to happen no matter what, because even if you use the best strategies with periodization, but you drop 30 pounds, your intake is going to, your maintenance intake is going to be lower um, at 30 pounds lighter than it would be if you were 30 pounds heavier. You have less total body mass. So moving costs you more energy. Um, so that's a really important note to kind of to consider is that you have to make sure that you um, are thinking about the long game and you are thinking about just trying to get as much benefit. Your, your intake is going to change. Your, your adaptation is going to occur a little bit. But we want to periodize the diet so we can adhere better so we get a, a good result still. You have to have enough deficit periods to make sure you're actually losing weight. And then we have to have enough diet breaks to eliminate or not even eliminate, minimize diet fatigue. So the stress placed on your body internally and uh, mentally, essentially, through a diet, can we dampen that? Can we lower that? Can we make that less than it would be if we just fucking dieted for yeah. weeks on end? Yeah. Um, does how, that make sense? Yeah. How long is the diet? Like, what's the timeline? of? And I know it's individualized, yeah. but... I always tell people 12 to 24 weeks. Okay. It's a, it's a big range, but... Huge. <laughs> if, you, if you came to me and you were like, hey, I just want to, like, I want to get my abs popping. Yeah. 12 weeks. Yeah. Because... You're not overweight. Yeah. But we can get you leaner. Yeah. Um, somebody who's like, hey, I want to lose 30, 40 pounds, 24 weeks. Yeah. Right? So is, is it 12 weeks 
or 24 or is it 12 to 24? Because there's people where, like, for me, if I want to get cut, 16 weeks, right? Not because I couldn't get cut in 12 weeks, but because my number one priority during a cut is to maintain as much muscle mass as possible. Slower. So I might actually push even to 24 weeks. Okay. Because I'm patient. Yeah. I do this for a living. So yeah. I have no time. Like, you tell me the timeline. I don't care. But if I can take more diet breaks, I can continually replenish muscle glycogen along the way. I'm going to look bigger by the time I get to that cut look, which is what I really want. Yeah. Now, if somebody's like, I don't give a shit about that. I just want to lose weight. It's a different story. You know, we don't need to replenish glycogen as much because yeah. they're not into training like I am. Um, but that's the whole point. It's anywhere between 12 to 24 weeks, three to six months. Because even if somebody's like, hey, I only have four or five pounds to lose, 12 weeks. I need the commitment because yeah. there's going to be social events. Um, I'd rather go slow and maintain muscle. Like it'll be easier if we have more time. And even if we get to your result soon, sooner we can start reversing. Sooner, yeah. You know, uh, but essentially the timeline is always going to be 12 to 24 weeks. And your periodization within that essentially is just when are you dieting? When are you taking breaks? And the best way to put this is number one, I'm going to say, go listen to the podcast I did. The first one I did and the second one I did, I really dove into all the different ratios of how you can split up your macros over weeks. But you're either going to want to do five days on, two days off, seven days on, three days off, 10 days on, three to four days off, uh, one to two weeks on, yeah, yep. one to two weeks on with the deficit, and then one week off, three weeks on, one week off. Like there's so many different ways to do it. Um, I would. There's reasons for each one. There's reasons for each one. Yeah. It really just depends on the person. You know, like I, I use a three week on, one week off approach with a good amount of people. Um, and for some people it's even like three to four weeks on with like five to seven days on mm -hmm. off. And this is why I think like there's no specific ratio that is perfect because people will ask me and I'm like 28 days on six days off. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, I'm watching their body weight and their biofeedback every single day. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for their body weight to slow down in the trend and for their biofeedback to drop. So if they're losing weight, their biofeedback's good and they're losing weight, losing weight, losing weight, and then it kind of slows down and I see their biofeedback tanking, yeah. I'm going to give them a refeed, yeah. right? And if, if I'm like, it's hitting them harder or I know they have a higher stress lifestyle or they're um, really lean already or they've been dieting a long time, I'm going to take more days on the diet break because I know they need more recovery, yeah. right? But if we just started and it's your first diet break, we might only take two or three days, yeah. right? Well, so Have you ever like hit them with a diet break like in the middle of a week? Be like, dude, you need to do it now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's been plenty of times where I'm like really intuitive with it. And yeah. I'm just saying, I, I, I'll tell them like, hey, every three to five weeks, we're going to take a diet break. And depending on their update, I'll literally plug it in for yep. like, hey, it's Monday right now. Like we're going to start Tuesday or Wednesday. If you can adjust your diet tomorrow, because sometimes people meal prep ahead of time. If you can adjust tomorrow, do it. If not, do it on Wednesday. You're going to take three days on a diet break. I do that all the time because yep. it, it should be a reactive thing in some yeah. scenarios. For some people, I'm more proactive, uh, especially at the beginning, because when we start the diet, we should see a pretty good trend, assuming that they weren't in a metabolically compromised position. So like I have a few guys where I started one guy on a 10-3 split and one guy on a 5-2 split, and we just went for it. And it was just like, we'll worry about long, longer diet breaks down the road yeah. or adjust these deficit periods down the road. Right now, you've been in a surplus for eight months. <laughs> You're going to cut easily. Yeah. So let's just take refeeds just to keep performance well um but at the end of the day like i think usually like 20 to 30 percent of your time should be diet breaks like refeeds For so sure. it that that essentially means like if you're taking two to three weeks on the deficit two to four weeks on you should have one week off yeah. you know what i mean out of a month three weeks on one week off that's about 25 percent of your time being in maintenance if you do that i think you're gonna 
limit diet fatigue quite well, regardless of how you do it. How we do it really depends on your adherence. Do you need more frequent refeeds for the flexibility and the mental aspect of it? Or B, um, is it just one of those things where your body is more stubborn? Because if somebody is like, their body just doesn't budge, they're not doing a 5-2 split. Yeah. Because I know we're not going to see any tech on the scale for at least a week, and then we won't see a good trend start to happen for another two. So I like to get them after two. Like we'll go barely moving, barely moving. We hit two weeks, and they start dropping after start three weeks. Tanking. Give them a refeed. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. Um, so it really just depends on the person. I mean, it's so highly variable, but um, to kind of bring this to a conclusion – you obviously have to start with your BMR and then create your, your maintenance calories with an activity uh, multiplier or just find your maintenance calories by tracking your weight in your food uh, for one to two weeks. Then break that up, individualize that caloric intake into your macros. After you do that, figure out what your periodization plan is going to be, um, meaning how how often are you going to be taking refeeds or diet breaks and how is that going to be structured? Um, your refeed or diet break should basically just be you eating maintenance calories by increasing carbs, nothing else. Um, and then last but not least, decide on how long your diet's going to be. And I think to decide how long your diet's going to be, figure out the minimum you think that you could get it done with and then add two to four weeks. So if you're like, yeah, I think I could get it done in 12. Let's go 14 to 16 weeks. There you go. Because you always give yourself more time because – there's going to so be, off too. yeah, there's going to be a birthday or there's going to be yeah. a holiday or there's going to be like a work trip and you're not yeah. going to be able to plan your food. If like, you're going to do it in the first place, you better, I mean, generally, if you're going to do it in the first place, you should have patience. I mean, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's, it's ignorant to go into it and be like, yeah. why not 11? You know, you know, I think it's funny. Like I was the most impatient kid <laughs> ever. Like, like it actually used to be a problem. Like yeah. I'd get in trouble cause I literally would just be so like, it's just ridiculous. And even in high school, like my whole life I was. But as soon as I started getting into this, like fitness taught me patience. It taught me self-discipline. It taught me that things take time to accumulate. Forced. Kind of forced. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I got into it. But, um, but man, like now I'm one of the most patient motherfuckers you ever meet. Cause there's things I set in motion <laughs> years ago, you know, and I'm just like, let's push play and just wait. You know? I think you're very patient in some aspects. In some aspects. Yeah. And I think I'm very impatient. Some, but I think <laughs> <Yeah>. that's also <laughs> that's also a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing too. It is very because good I say I don't have time for this quite often. Uh, yeah. um, but no, I think it's a good thing too because sometimes I, if I get my mind set on something, I'm like, you'll get it done. We're we're doing it. Yep. Like I'm not waiting for this. Like yep. it's done. Yep. Like I don't have I don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time to wait. Yeah. But dope, man. Dope. Uh, yeah. So I just recommend going to. Listen to those other periodization podcasts. Yep. We'll link them in the show notes. Read the article. Anything else? I think that's it. Just take this, uh, take all this information and do something with it. I mean, if you're not periodizing your diet, um, I believe your diet is subpar. Yeah. I, I really do. If, if And this is one of the powers of having coach, obviously. So if you need help with this stuff, um, shameless plug, this is what we do for a living. Yep. I have a full staff of nutritionists um, and, and we love doing this shit and we do it every single day and we do it for people around the world. So if you want help with creating a, an effective macronutrient prescription and getting coached throughout the process and having a periodized plan so you can see how this looks over the long scale of a timeline, please click the link in the show notes of this podcast. Apply for a free call. Let us chat with you and we'll see if it's a good fit. TaylorCoachingMethod.com. That's right. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. 
please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at BoomBoomPerformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.